Uh, det här är alltså Paul Weller från gruppen The Jam. Som har många fans här ikväll. <laughs> uh, in Swedish, The Jam means sylt, like jelly. But that's not really what you mean with the name, is it? No. Well, uh, where does The Jam come from? <clears throat> doesn't matter, really. It doesn't matter, okay. Is... Serious question. Uh, is The Jam punk? Oh, so we have a serious question. Is there any way to categorize this music? You started out in the, uh, well, must have been the same time as the Sex Pistols. What do they call it, do they call it then? Well, L music. Yeah. It's just jam music. Just jam? Anything. Jam music. Mm -hmm. That's it. It doesn't, you know, people don't usually like to label music, but I'm afraid that they're doing it these days more and more because with the disco thing having up, they're trying to find the, uh, the new label for the new kind of music. Where do you think you'll be at the end of the 80s musically? Do you have any idea? <clears throat> I don't know. No, no idea. We don't think about it. We only think in terms of like the next sort of six months or something because it's not worth thinking any further. I'm not... It's no good asking me about what do I think about bands getting back together so I don't give a fuck about it, really. Look out! The lever! Get away from that lever! You'll blow us all to atoms! Welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. I am Rob Elba. It's great to have you guys here. Took a little, as you uh, know, I took a little break a week, just w one week for like over three, uh, almost four years. I, every week I didn't miss a week and finally it was like so crazy busy around the holidays. I was working so many hours at my other job. Uh, you know, the airline industry has been uh, a mess. So, uh, yeah, I missed a week. So this one will be right around uh, New Year's, right around the New Year. But, you know, it's good. You guys can all keep up and, you know, whatever. This is my... Uh, <laughs> I do I do as much as I can for you people. I do. But, you know, I, I, literally I was, uh, was going to have a nervous breakdown if I tried to put that uh, last episode out uh, <laughs> the one Saturday. So... I chose not to, but uh, all is good, and I have a guest here on the line. He's actually, this guest is calling in from Oakland, California, so it, it's kind of ironic. Uh, Barry's in Oakland, but I didn't realize that. We could have maybe uh, brought Barry in on this, but uh, I'd like to welcome to <laughs> That Record Got Me High, Mr. Rory Cox. Welcome to the show, Rory. Hello, Rob. How are you? I am great, Rory. It's great to have you on. We've been playing uh, back and forth. Oh, I was going to say, I think you're the hardest working man in my uh, podcast feed. Um, All right, good. Know, I like uh, to hear that. <laughs> that, that. That you do that every week, even through the holidays. Every podcast I listen to takes a break over the holidays. I know. I, I but, shouldn't uh, have been but, such but a... I, yeah. I shouldn't have tried to be a, a badass, <laughs> such a badass. I should have just said, you know what? I'm going to take a week off. But uh, no, we're, we're good. Everything's good yeah. now. And uh, yeah, we've been playing uh, uh, email tag for a while because you were going to be on before and then you you went out of the country for a while and you're back and uh, it's good to have you on. And, and you definitely, the record we're going to do, you I, I know you're prepared. I mean, I'm prepared, but I know you're prepared. I may I may venture to say you may be over-prepared a little because you sent me a lot of stuff. And, and uh, to be honest, Rory, <laughs> I didn't read everything you sent me because, I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I wrote all that for me, really. Um, oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That, that, those are my notes for myself. I just sent them just so you could see that I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah, going going into it having done a little bit of homework and oh yeah, you, you out, did your homework, probably, like you said, a, a little too much, but yeah. No, no, it's fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. So, what are we talking about? What's the <laughs> band and record we're talking about? 
Yeah, so we are talking about the Jams Setting Suns, and uh, the album title is kind of a pun. It's Suns, is S-O-N-S. Um, and uh, this came out in 1979, November of 1979. And, um, and uh, my experience with this album is that I was uh, newly moved out of my parents' house and into the dorms as a you know, freshman in college. And uh, this, you know, this whole, uh, very excited about this whole explosion of punk bands and new wave bands and whatever other name you want to put on them. But it was definitely an exciting time to be into music. And this record just really resonated with me, my 18-year-old my self, um, as it still does today. But, um, but it, was, it was just so of the time. Um, in terms of its take on just what was going on socially in the UK and by extension in the US. And uh, it, it had that, that, that punk energy, but lots of melody and the lyrics were just so biting uh, and so insightful. Um, and you know, the, at the same time, London Calling was out around the same time, also an amazing album. Um, what was different about uh, the jam was that they're, they made it personal. Their their songs are about people, but about how people uh, oh, right, sort of right. like the weather, the the you know the the, the, the social um, the, the social times that they live in. Yeah, and uh, we'll get into more of that as we as we go song by song. Yeah, well, yeah. So I'm I'm kind of the same way. I got into the jam probably around the same time, '79, and this this already was their fourth album because they when they mm-hmm. they hit the ground running they they just did like an yes. album like every six months or so right when they first uh, did, yeah, pretty uh, much first yeah this is the fourth album in two and a half years and uh and this album was the the original concept was that this was going to be a rock opera um and it was going to be a rock opera about three three guys uh, who you know are friends as in their, in their youth uh, they go off to war they come back from war and they and they grow apart and that was the whole that was the, the, the concept album rock opera thing that they were going to uh, do um, and that you know was kind of funny to hear about a band that came out of the punk movement um, to be doing a rock opera but you know these guys were huge fans of the who and at that point the who had already done two rock operas right so, right right um but 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 the record company was really putting the putting the pressure on them to, to get an album out quickly they wanted it out before christmas and um and so they kind of had to scrap the uh the rock opera album although a few remnants are are here on the album right which i'll uh yeah which i didn't know i didn't know any of that until now until doing the research for this now i didn't know any of that backstory i just knew yeah this was a great album i love this i got all mod cons i think i I, i'd gotten already i had and then i got this one but at this point i was full on Mm -hmm. uh i was full into them and i I don't know do you remember the first time you heard them because i actually the first time i heard or saw them was on fridays on that tv show fridays i don't know if you remember they were on there (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they, they did. Yeah, uh, yeah, they did start the song "Start" hey, and they they did "Private Hell." Once 
song to do for your American debut on American, you know, to, to play that one. It was awesome. I remember I, I loved it. And I remember I was in a band then. I was yeah. in I was in like a like a new wave band, uh, the Xcons, and I went I remember I watched it, and we would all we would all watch Fridays because they had the Clash. They would just have a lot of new bands we like. But I remember the next day I asked the guitar player in my band, my friend, uh, my friend Eves, if he saw it, if, if he liked it, and he said, "No, I didn't like them." <laughs> I'm like, "What?" <laughs> but the, yeah. it, it was a thing. They were the one band that didn't. They were they became huge in England, but something about them they're so British that it, it didn't transfer yep. over here as much, right? No, it didn't. Um, I mean, they were you know they were there was about as big as a quote unquote alternative band could get around here, um, right? But you know, in in the in the UK, they were you know they were in the top five. They were up there with Michael Jackson in terms of popularity, right? So um, and and yeah, they didn't. And you know, it's Paul Weller has never the 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 lead songwriter. If you for those of you new to the jam, uh, Paul Weller never has never sort of lost his focus of the British audience. Um, that's kind of something that's been consistent throughout his career. He's he's sort of um, he's sort of you know that that is his that is his audience that is who that's the language he knows those are right. the people he knows that's the culture he knows and it's that's that's been sort of a consistent thing from the jam up to the present right so maybe more even though i know they're huge uh, who fans but maybe more like ray davies and the kinks <laughs> Fiercely British and maybe didn't, you know, didn't uh, transfer yes. over here as much as the Stones or the Who did, right? Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they were big fans of of American soul. Um, and, you know, while the Clash were were looking at Jamaica, the Jam were looking at Detroit, you know, in terms right, of their, right, right. Their, their, big, uh, their, their big influences. Um, but yeah, definitely the British invasion plus, you know, plus uh, Motown and everything. And, you know, the, the Motown kind of goes along with being a mod, um, which oh, is yeah, something right. that they were they were unapologetic about being mods. Um, you know, the second album was called All Mod Cons, and uh, they, they wore the suits. I mean, they you know, the first album, you know, they sounded like a lot of other punk bands at the, of the time. Right, but, but they, they, looked, they were wearing suits, you know, right? Sharp. <laughs> They were wearing suits. Yeah, they look pretty sharp. Right, which is um, which and, is uh, badass. Which is pretty badass when you think about it. You know, at the time they they must have really <laughs> stuck is. out. But uh, yeah, I always yeah. considered them. I mean, I was in probably we were into a lot of the same bands. But and I still kind of you know I always considered them like a punk new wave band. But I also knew I recognized that they were different though. They had uh, no matter how you know they could be really fierce and loud and rocking, but they had a melody. They all their songs always had this melody. And yeah, you could tell Paul Weller's love of soul because all their songs really have have soul in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I think he kind of fancied himself a soul singer sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and he did, and his stuff that he did later with the Style Council that's all great. I mean it's different, right. obviously, and. Uh, 
I thought um, I th- when I was reading about the whole concept of this record, I thought it was kind of ironic because it's about three guys that you know grow up and sort of grow apart and everything, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like what happened to this band. Which I I give him total credit for. He decided they did pretty much they went as far as they he wanted to. They were on top. And he, he wanted to do something different. You know, why keep doing That's the same right, thing? Yeah. So he moved on, but the other guys yeah. were not okay with it. <laughs> no, no, I don't think they were. And it was kind of a unilateral decision. I don't think there was much, uh, from what I from what I read, there wasn't much discussion. No, no, but I mean, said, what are you going to do? He's the main guy, and if he decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. Uh, and But I heard, that I, I know at least um, those guys hadn't talked to him. They went like 20 years, like over 20 years without speaking to him. Yeah, which yeah, is crazy. Some, yeah, some of the things he was, yeah, and some of the things that he would say to the press about them or about any kind of a jam reunion or anything were just kind of mean. It was mean. You know, yeah. Like, no, all, all the money in the world would not. Would I would not, have to, you know, well, I read something he said, I would have to be to... starving and my children starving and a destitute for yeah. me to even consider. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I, it does not seem like Paul Weller is a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so, I kind of got that. And, yeah, and I know, uh, you know Bruce, yeah, Bruce Fox and, and Rick Buckler wrote books. I know Rick Buckler did. And yeah. And didn't maybe paint the best picture of him. And they're both, the they're both yeah. have a band called from the jam. They're right. called from the jam, which is kind of yes. sad, really kind of a, a pathetic. It is. A yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, I'm sure it, it helps pay the bills, which is but in the <laughs> especially especially when hardly none of the, when pretty much all the songwriting credit have, have gone right, to Paul right, Weller. and and obviously there's there's no doubt he's the main guy, the force, but still, uh, what those guys added a lot to this band. I mean, they were definitely they were oh such yeah a great three, probably one of the best three piece bands of that time because you watch live uh, oh yeah these guys playing, they're just it's unbelievable the sound they get with just the three of them. So good. They were so tight and just so perfect in the way Bruce uh, Foxton would uh, play his bass and uh, and sing along with Paul and, and harmonize it together. It was just it, it was just great. Yeah, yeah, they were definitely a, uh, a, a power trio with a capital P. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you, um, so were you, you, so you were obviously a big uh, jam fan. But were your other friends like, were your friends into them too, or were you, were you kind of an outlier? Because I remember some, I knew some people that liked them, but I knew a lot of people didn't, didn't really care for them. For what, like, my, like I said, my friend Eves, he didn't like them. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when I was when I was at uh, this is Chico State where I went to uh, where I did my undergrad, and you know, I I just kind of fell in with the that crowd, you know, soon soon after getting there right um and one of the you know i hung out at the college radio station uh kcsc uh, I, I did a show at the college radio station but first i just kind of hung out there so you know amongst amongst the you, you find your tribe and and you know my tribe was definitely um into the clash and the jam and yeah right, there, there cool. are a lot of other people in in town that just thought that stuff was weird right right um, right but in, but but you know you, you find your crowd especially when you're you that's know, it that's why uh, I feel like in, a, in yeah. a college town I feel like this podcast I I've refound my tribe like so the people that you know like the show listen <laughs> right to me I say oh this is my tribe again you know 
Um, all right. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to talk the, we're going to talk about the U S release of this, which is, which happened a lot. Like they would, re- they would, uh, release, uh, uh, bands, uh, record in the U S and they would change, they would change songs and they would greatly change the order. And you, yeah. so you contend you, the U S version, which a lot, it happens a lot uh, that people, obviously it's the one you got into and listened to. So that's the one you love. Right. But you really think right. the order of the U.S. one is better, done better than the U.K. one? I think, oh, definitely. I mean, it, you know, it, it you know begins with a swelling gong, <laughs> which just sounds like the way an album should begin. Um, oh, okay, and, right. Because um, the first song on the U.S. one is what? A burning Sky, right? Burning Sky. So yeah, this is so. Now that I'm looking at it, I realize what they did was they kind of almost flipped side two for side one, right? Yeah, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, um, and the, the 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 U.S. added a song. To okay, that, all right. Um, so, uh, but I'll, I'll get to I'll get to that later. Right, but but all right. So this one is a good. I I agree with you. It is a good opener because the other one, G- Girl on the Phone, which was the U.K. opener, it was it's almost like a throwback song to like their earlier sound. So it may be kind of this one brings you in right away to, uh, you know, to what they're evolving to. So what is this song about? Uh, Basically, what is it? Well, it's sure it is. um, I mean, I mean, first of all, I just have to comment about the rhythm section. I mean, they just come out punching, you know, that, 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 that those bass runs are just like amazing. And, and the, the, the percussion and the drumming is uh, just, just, uh, just so powerful, but um, but this song is um, it, this is now this is one of the four songs from the the uh, the the rock opera, right. um, and this is written in the it's it's if you look at the lyrics the lyric sheet it's it's in the form of a letter, right? And it's one of the one of the three writing to his friends about how um, he is not able to join them um, in what may be a reunion or something like that because you know he's got too much to do and he's signed on with a big corporation and yeah, he's got he's a got big job going and, on. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's sold out. Let's just face it. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> things are really, it's like, it's, it's like uh, things are, he says, things are really taking off for me. Business is thriving and I'm showing a profit. It's like, uh, fuck you, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for- yeah. Now this is, and this album came out months after Thatcher took power. Um, and uh, months before, I, soon, soon, you know, Reagan would would win presidency. I mean, the the world was becoming just so free market oriented, and this is what I say about how this this album really encapsulates that 
that time, the you know the, the sort of political and economic forces of that time with real people's lives, right? Um, because yeah, this guy just doesn't have time for his old friends. I mean, the first line is so telling. How are things in your little world? Yes. Oh <laughs> God, right. <laughs> um, that we're little. The little is so like you know yep. condescending. It is. Um, and and uh, and you know the, and then he gets into you know it, 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 the, the song just builds up in intensity when he talks about the you know the taxman's screaming because he wants his dough and the wheels of commerce won't begin to slow. I mean, the song just builds into this, you know, it starts out as this letter about why the guy can't make it. It builds into this. Yeah. Cause he's basically telling them, well, yeah, coming, we had, coming for you on steroids. You know? Yeah. Well, we had ideals, all of those ideals, but he's saying, no, they're, they're stupid now. They don't matter. And it gets, yeah. yeah. The end is yeah. really, is really vicious because it says, uh, now I don't want you to get me wrong. Ideals are fine when you're young. And I must admit we had a laugh, yeah. but that's all it was and ever will be. It's like, oh my God, that's mm-hmm. like really, uh, um, all right. But I, here's the one thing I couldn't get. Cause yeah, I got that, that it's a letter from one of the guys, but when he referencing burning sky, what do you think he means by that? What is he using uh, that as a metaphor for? What's the burning sky? I don't know. It's also a bad company song. Um, oh, okay. Um, but, um, <laughs> I was wondering, I don't know, maybe but that's, this, uh, uh, if it had some meaning, that, but uh, all right. So it, it's interesting. There. I, 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 don't, I don't know what the burning sky is. I think it's just a metaphor for the, you know, I, I figured um, it's a metaphor, but I, I can't figure out exactly what it is. But the interesting thing is the way it goes into the next song, because I think, do you think the Smithers Jones could be this guy writing the letter in the first song? Oh, sure. This right. Could be, I mean, I don't think it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. No, this is like the same guy, you know, 20 years later or something. Yeah. Um, Although it wasn't it wasn't intended that way. Smithers Jones, from what I read, is uh, now this was written by Bruce Foxton, the right. bass player. It, it, it's the one song um, he wrote, and yes, and um, and apparently it is about his dad, um, and uh, um, okay. that there's something auto kind of kind of autobiographical about it. Right. So this is. Um, but really yeah, it, 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 it really does fit well in the story. And they, I guess they, it, it had been totally. a, a B-side, previous B-side, where they all played it, you know, more like them. But this version yes. uh, yeah. with, with the strings is is just great. I, I love it so much. So let's just do yes. a little bit of Smithers Jones. Here we go again. It's Monday at last. He's heading for the Waterloo line. So <laughs> this is, mm. uh, I, and and when you think about it, it's pretty, the way they did it in, in the U.S. version, making this the second song on the record, that itself is pretty ballsy mm-hmm. to put a song like this as the second song, you know? Yes. And uh, spoiler alert, Smithers Jones is about to get fired. Oh, I know, right? It's so brutal. <laughs> um, He's thinking he's going to get called in. Oh, maybe you're yeah. getting that uh, promotion. And it's like, nope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I I think that I mean this song the the immediate reference or the immediate sort of influence seems to be uh, Eleanor Rigby yes. by the Beatles. Right, right. Which, which is also the, the second song on an album, oh, um, okay, on Revolver. Okay. Right. Uh, um, and um, and there's also uh, there are lyrics from Smithers Jones that are directly lift, lifted from the Kinks's uh, Shankle Law um, about putting your. You know, uh, putting your slippers on and having some tea. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was, and that, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's just such a, it's not even a, it's a homage, homage to, right, you know, right, right, to, to their tradition, Dave's and, uh, you know, forerunners. Which is why I say this is why this, this American sequence is better. Okay. I'm on board. <laughs> I, I think I'm on board with you. It, I mean, it's just such a great way, you know. You, you start off with this rocker, and then you kind of shock people with this. Right, they've exactly, never done exactly. Previous three albums, they've never had an orchestra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so now the third song, we get uh, more working class uh, bleakness, with which British, it's British working class bleakness. But obviously, that's something that's universal that you could say, you know, the same struggles. We have the same things going on here as well. Right. Um, and and yeah, there's even though he's singing about you know sort of uh, banal things, you know, distractions. It, there's this dark undercurrent going on on this one. Let's listen to Saturday's Kids. Now, uh, Bruce Foxen originally was a guitar player in the band, a second guitar player, right? I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Way going to the early, early days. Right. And then, yeah, and then they convinced him to play bass. And uh, he's got that attack. You know, he plays with the pick and he's got this, like, heavy attack. The only other bass player I could think of, I, I really love J.J. Burnell from The Stranglers, too. And they both have these bass styles that just sort of jump out of you and like sort of they're they're just as prominent as the uh, guitar and sometimes more prominent than the guitar mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely yeah and, and this song it's not as i don't think it's as uh as bleak as as uh um you've made it out to be i think i mean it was, I it's, it's these are there. the real creatures that time has forgotten <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I know, but I mean, compared to some of the other stuff on this album, this this is a little bit more light. Than oh, okay. I mean, first of all, it's it's, ma it's major chords, it's catchy, it's really kind of it an is upbeat, really catchy. you know, it it's is. got an You're upbeat right. 
feel and it's got the la 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 it's light you know, well it, it. It, it's uh, light for them for the jam it's light <laughs> it, exactly it's light and, and, yeah particularly for this for this particular album right um but it, it, you know, and from what you know they they say it's about their it's just about their youth um and this is this was their life back in woking uh walking or whatever that the town that they came from but um yeah, I mean, it's it's. Um, I think this is this song is an example of how of all their British isms. You know, I mean, you know, what is a light a bite? Um, you know, what are, what is a bingo accent? I mean, they oh, use right, all right, these right, terms right. and stuff. <laughs> I have no idea what they're talking about. Right. <laughs> it sounds good though. It sounds great. And um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is you know this is maybe why they you know why why they they were just singing to their to their their british audience and right. not worrying about the rest of them yeah so yeah which is you know good for them good for uh, paul weller all right so this next one eaton uh the eaton Rif- rifles uh weller he was writing this song about a specific thing that that he read about right yes yeah, he actually saw it, uh, it was a tv news report that he saw So the Eden Rifle. So Eden is a um, a boys' college uh, in in England for uh, upper crust elite uh, boys. Right. And uh, what Paul Weller saw on television was a um, a march that involved the right to work and the Rock Against Racism kind of socialist left folks that went in front of the Eaton's uh, Eaton University. Um, and uh, these Eaton boys came out, these, you know, um, upper crusty kids came out and started taunting the protesters. And the protesters, I guess, had like a big silver spoon that they gave the, the, the you know, one of the, the the Eaton kids. And it was kind of like this little class warfare going on, right, you know, in front of right, the university right, right. and it made the news. Yep. And, um, and the Eaton rifles, that's a cadet corps um, within the, the the college, the Eden College, right, and um, and, and the, this is David Cameron says this is his favorite song. I know that and, I read that. That's Paul so Weller funny. Heard. The um, uh, he's like a, a conservative <laughs> leader there, and he said it was like one of his favorite songs. And then Paul Weller's like, "What?" He goes, "Which part? Which yeah, part of you, the song did he not understand?" He's <laughs> yeah, exactly. You really don't get this. And uh, David Cameron's like, I don't see why only the left. He's like, yeah, eating rifles. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Idiot. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hello. Hurrah. Yeah, um, and this great. was actually the 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 the, uh, the chance 
on this are um, from some jam fans that were hanging around the studio, like 30 of them that came in to do oh, the, nice, nice. the hooray hurrah thing. Oh yeah. They yeah. have like, they have fans. They're like football fans. They're like uh, soccer, you know, soccer football fans. They're, they're like, they have like really uh, <laughs> intense fans there for the, the jam. I yes, mean, they're, they do. They're just, that which shows you how much integrity Paul Weller has because he could ca- he could cash in so hard if he just said uh, fuck it you know let's do a reunion tour I mean could you imagine just a just like, oh, yeah. like the UK and Europe and shit uh, he would clean up so yeah, I, yeah. I have to give him props for that yeah he he must really hate those guys <laughs> 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 yeah. this episode of that record got me high is brought to you by our patrons at Patreon what is Patreon a platform that lets you support artists and creators that you love just go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh and pick a membership level and you can help support the show that you're listening to right now we have special patron curated episodes we have a newsletter we do shout outs it's a lot of fun and help you feel more connected to a show that i'm assuming you like because you're listening to it right now so if you want to become a patron go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh and become a patron today i would really appreciate it all right, so then they do. So this was the last song in the British one, but now it's the last song on side one. They do a cover, and really they're doing a cover. Why? Because they just needed some more songs for the for the album, right? <laughs> Like I said, for Heatwave, just kind of a song that they put, you know, an extra cover. Oh, let's do Heatwave. And, and it's good. It, it definitely, um, it, it definitely a little hint in the direction that he would go in uh, with the style council. And everything. Yeah. So yeah. it's the. Uh, and, and not the first, not the first soul cover they would do. No. Um, they had done In the Midnight Hour and, you know, a few others along the way. This is just kind of a. Right. This is just part of what they did. It's um, fun. I mean, and, you know, it's fun. I mean. It's good. It it's good. It, it it's almost like too good because the thing is they're so good. They're such good musicians that I feel like they could throw off something like this like nothing. Like it's nothing for them. You know, it's oh, like yeah. so easy because they're yeah. so fucking tight. Yeah, and it's a great thing in the to have kind of have in the middle, you know, end of side one. Um and um, you know, whereas the British version, this was the last thing that they right. heard yeah. on the album. I, I agree. I, I think <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm warming up to your uh yeah, to the British thing because I've been the last <laughs> I totally forgot you told me that. So the last week I've been listening to the UK version. <laughs> <laughs> that order. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is different yeah, but yeah yeah and I, I and i was lucky enough to see the jam in uh 19 uh, well when they toured this album and i mean this song really? live was just 
Oh, it was so amazing. <gasps> the whole show was amazing. Where'd you see it? It was definitely one of the top five shows at the Warfield in San Francisco. Oh, nice. Um, actually, I just saw them twice. I saw them a couple of years well, later. I saw them zero um, times, so all right. So no, I'm jealous. I'm very <laughs> jealous of you. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. But, you know, it, it lives on in YouTube. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, all right. So now we get side two of the US version is the first song on side one. It's uh, a song that also that he said he just kind of wrote like really quick because they needed some more songs. He sat down in their in their offices and he and he wrote uh, this song right here. Girl on the phone. It sounds like he's singing about like a stalker fan or something, but I don't think it is really autobiographical. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. It might be. I mean, you know, all these groupies, they just won't leave me alone. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, she knows, she's kind of creepy because she, she knows his weight and she knows that, you know, yeah, she knows yeah. everything about him. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's damn catchy, though. And it's kind of, I think what's kind of extraordinary, extraordinary on that song is just how the, um, how he, how he backs off every third measure, um, or so to just let the rhythm section take it. Oh, right, 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 right. Song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, when you have a, a rhythm section like that, you know, he's, he was smart enough to, uh, to do, do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the U S one had one extra song and it's this one here. Yes. Strange town, um, which appeared as a single in the UK. This is 
something that was very different about the UK versus the US. Uh, they had uh, standalone singles that did not appear on albums. That was a regular right. practice in the music business in the UK. Whereas in the US, it was kind of like the single came out first and then the album would come out and the single would be on the album. Right. So right. you didn't really have to worry about singles. But the UK, they were very, like part of their con of the jams contract was that you were going to do, you know, an album and two singles every year or something. Right, right. Yeah, they were doing, uh, because uh, Joy Division used to do this too. They would not put, see the US bands, they do the singles, but then they put them all on the record. But they felt they were giving more right. uh, value to the fans by having a standalone single where you, you know, you get the single, it's like extra from the record. So, uh that's why right, I guess right. it's not in the U, but the U.S. They just figured, right, let's throw it all on there. I guess. <laughs> right. All right. So this next, this is this next one is probably one of my favorite uh, um, jam songs. I I just I really like this song. And was this this one thick as thieves? Is this also part of? Was this part of the concept thing? Yes, it sure was. It was right. And um, yes, yes, and it's it's kind of similar to similar to Burning Sky. I think it's right. kind of like you know it, it would have. This is where, well, I'm not going to worry about the sequence. Get into the sequencing too much, but the um, but this is kind of the the yeah the, the the beginning of the falling apart of the of the relationship between the three guys. Oh, okay, and, and it just yeah, and just musically, I mean, it is. It, I I think it's you know I think it is. My favorite jam song, if not one of my, if just it's just a pure pop masterpiece. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. My, Me too. Uh, it is. It's just so it, well written. But I didn't even, I you know, I I kind of knew. I mean, I always love this song and I love it, but I didn't really know that it's basically about friends growing apart. And I didn't get that. I didn't get all that till I really dug into it this week. How much it is about that too, and it just made me like the song even more. Right. You know, because uh, aside from uh, musically, yeah. it's just it's. Uh, Unbelievable. All right, let's listen to a little bit of Thick as Thieves. so good right oh yeah yeah i mean it just it just moves like a freight train you know it's just it's just that driving base and it's it's just it's it's simple but it's not you know no um, exactly yeah and, you know yeah it, it's it's funny you say that because that that was in my notes too like sometimes you listen to them and the songs are so melodic and catchy that you think oh they're just like simple pop songs but they're not they 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 throw in these little 
curveballs and sometimes the songs go in these little different directions that you wouldn't think they would but uh it's just that's why they're uh, they're one of these bands that you you know it's them if they're, they're not like interchangeable with uh just about any other band at the time they like pick things from d- different bands you know uh but they definitely oh, yeah. they just created their own little their own little world and their own little sound right right and the and the, the song i mean the song really sort of culminates at about uh 2 minute 40 um if you know it's possible to fast forward that to, to that point when you do the, the I will play together. I will play it underneath. Um, the, yes, the, the two uh, you know Weller and Foxton um, sing do sort of split lyrics where um, where Weller is singing one thing, Foxton's another is singing another, and and it's just I mean the, the, the lyrics and the way it's done and then the way they kind of come together at the end of it, it is just. Uh, it's it's breathtaking yeah um, well i always thought their voices are very complementary to each other and sometimes it's hard to tell who's singing what like when they sing together you're like who's doing the high part who's doing the low part it's hard to tell because they have very uh similar mm-hmm. voices and very complementary. yeah the lyrics are uh you know something came along that changed our minds i don't know what and i don't know why but we seem to grow up in a flash of time while we watched our ideals our deals help us they unwind right um that's that's the weller side and then the foxton side is uh is something else but right uh, and then they come together it's just it's just amazing but and it's so ironic too because it, and and now we've gone and spoiled everything now we're no longer thick as thieves and they didn't fucking speak to each yeah. other for like 20 years <laughs> it's crazy i know yeah i know it is so yeah it it's so and this is before they broke up Right, you know? right, exactly, exactly. But um, that train was uh, moving along. <laughs> you called them a freight train. It's like that was moving along. So, but I, I hear yeah, they yeah. they did uh, reconcile. I know Bruce Foxen and Weller. I think uh, fairly recently they they did something together. It was at some benefit, and they have talked yeah. and everything. So that's good. Some of it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know about the other guys so much, but <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't either. And you know, um, but yeah, it's just. It's just from some of the things that Paul was saying. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, uh, but <laughs> like I said... Can't you I, be a little more yeah, diplomatic? He, he, yeah, he, he could be a little nicer about it, but I, I do, I can totally respect the fact of him just wanting to move on and, and be, you know, do whatever oh, sure. he wants to do and not, and not just yeah. be a rehash, you know, because, hey... Uh, that yeah, that's the easy yeah. way out to just cash in and keep playing the same you know thing that people want to hear. Oh but, yeah, yeah, you know, no, definitely. No, I'm glad that I'm glad they. Uh, it, it was it was great what they did. And I have to say that when they, you know, I, both times I saw them, um, they were very focused on. You know, they they don't just sort of do this. Uh, this crowd pleasing selection of hits from the older albums and then half the new album kind of thing. I mean, both times I saw them, they pretty much played all of whatever the the newest album was. And then, you know, maybe half the set was or, or half of the previous album and like very little stuff from right, anything right. older than that. Cause so yeah. that was the Paul Weller way was not moving to forward. Yeah. Always more. moving forward, looking ahead. Right. Yeah. Move forward. Yeah, that. exactly. It was, yeah. And it was just like, they didn't, you know, you can, Think of all the songs they didn't play this, they didn't play that. And it's like, well, that's, you know, yeah, it <laughs> it's not where they're at. <laughs> all right. Um, so uh, yeah. another great, this is the other song that uh, supposedly he just pulled out of his ass when they needed a couple of extra songs, which is unbelievable because it's <laughs> such a great song. Oh, I just have to say from here on out, the album gets really dark. Oh yeah, um, it does. Right. And, and <laughs> it does. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, it was, it's been a little bit of darkness here and there up to this point, but it, it goes into, 
uh, you know, which serious is, darkness. Yeah, which so, is kind know, of telling because trigger, trigger alert. Yeah, know. because the UK album starts is dark right away because all this was on the first side of the UK album. So it's funny how they yeah. they flipped it over. Yeah. But this makes more sense, I guess. Yeah. yeah, save the real dark stuff for the end, right? Don't yeah, open up with seriously. it. <laughs> all right no, this was the no. song uh that i saw them play on fridays and it's it's on youtube you could youtube uh the jam fridays and you could see them doing start in private hell and it is so they're so good that some people even in the comments say are they miming like are they really playing because you can't believe it it's they're so good that these three guys are making that sound but they are really playing it's awesome uh all right let's listen to a little bit of private hell Did you say bleak? <laughs> yeah, it gets bleaker, you know, as it goes on. No, but this is, um, I remember yeah. listening to this and loving this song and then reading, I remember reading lyrics and going, holy fuck, man, <laughs> this is dark. Yeah, yeah. And and the kids that don't, you know, the, the, the yeah, the, the kids don't return her letters and, um, you know, it, it's, um, you know, and, and she's trying to sort of, use consumerism as a solve you well, know of course when she talks yeah about, right, when right. they talk about you know yeah. um uh, they don't you know, care yeah, cups and, of co- catalogs and numerous cups of coffee and it's, right. you know the morning slips away in a valium haze it's just like oh man this yes is, and uh, uh, this they don't is, care uh, because they're going they're going through their own private hell it's like basically we're all going through our right. own private hell which it's a very appropriate song for these days right (laughs) yeah i mean well yeah i mean it's um hopefully not for you know everybody but you know what's happening you know um yeah all right so the next one this the next one i would think would have been like the centerpiece of the uh concept if they had done the concept album because this one uh, little mm -hmm. boy soldiers has some different movements to it almost and it's almost like a little mini uh rock opera in a song right yeah, it's like three different parts. Right, right. Um, and yeah, and uh, and it, it's so yeah, it's like a like a multi-part opus packed into three and a half minutes. Exactly. I'll I'll play a little bit of the first, and then we'll talk about it, and then I'll play the the other parts underneath. But let's listen to the opening part of Little Boy. Soul. It's funny how you never knew what my name was. Our only contact was a form for the election. Now you want my 
and you know, I was thinking, uh, Rory, that it's a shame that he had uh, this label, like the record label, breathing down his neck, and he had to abandon it. Because imagine if he had been given the time to like flesh this whole thing out and do it. I mean, who knows what he would have? He probably would have come up with something really special. Yeah, I, yeah, they, you know. Like the Who, they could have turned it into a big movie or something. Yeah, yeah, or just you know, because definitely they're just in this one song. You know, it, it's like telling, like you said, uh, they're talking about uh, universal things, but they bring it all very uh, personal, and they sing about uh, you yes. know uh, people. And yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a very uh, astute uh, analysis of what makes them, what sets them apart from like the uh, Clash and like. The Clash. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and um, nothing, you know, not that I just love The Clash. No, no, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, just like our only contact was a form for the election, but you know, now you want me to help you out, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, and, uh, and and also the, the line, shoot, 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 and kill the natives. You're one of us and we love you for that. Um, that just speaks to, you know, kind of imperialism and, right. you know, uh, well, was the, um, the yeah, like you said, that. Margaret Thatcher was already uh, there at this point, right? Yeah. And yeah. And I think, and you know, that. and I think this kind of, yeah, I think this kind of goes to, um, you know, the album title setting, is Setting Suns, but if you, there's a pun, um, obviously, because you think about the sun, S-U-N is the thing that sets. Um, and, you know, the, the the sun never sits sets on the British Empire is sort of this, you know, right. this, uh, this this slogan, but it's kind of like the album is like, if you if you look at it that way, it's kind of like the, set is, the sun is setting on the British Empire. And, um, and, I, and I think that that title, that, that double entendre punny title, um, I think there's something yeah, there, there's there's some deep stuff going on in that title. So the jam throwing out some yeah, playing with puns, which not not a band known for their humor at all. There is one knock maybe you could put it on them is that they're very serious, right? I would say they are very serious. Yeah, they're very yeah. serious. But uh, yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. All right, so this one, uh, Wasteland, also part of the concept, I would say, right? And uh, again, yes, this is. is this yeah. is his gift of painting a picture. You know, he really paints a picture with his yes. words in this one. Uh, yeah, it's great. Let's listen to a little bit of Wasteland. You know, so 
what I what I love it, and you know, you're right. I'm totally on board because this is a great album closer right here because it sounds yeah. the way he, with the recorder. I guess that's a recorder, that instrument, and the way he's that's singing it. Yeah, it sounds very yeah. bright and hopeful, but the lyrics are not that at all. No, and apparently, you know, I I've went for a long time just thinking it was a metaphor for something because later on in the song he just lists all the crap you find in a dump you right know? right right um discarded bric-a-bac and coca-cola tins and this that and the other um and I, I actually read on a a review that when i was researching this album i i found a review that uh um from a blog called alt rock chick um oh yeah she's and, good um, she's she, really good uh, actually she is really good. Yeah. Yeah. She is very good. Um, and, and she sort of pointed out that, that there is a, uh, a history of building council houses or social housing or, you know, low income housing on garbage dumps. Oh, Jesus. Um, this is, um, and this is, you know, not just in the UK, but in, in many places. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this landfill or whatever you call it or near garbage dumps. I mean, it's, it's right. kind of like a, this is, this is where they put the, you know, this is where they put the poor people. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, exactly. And, it, and then they kind of, I mean, the, the, the lyrics are actually very literal in that sense because they talk about count, you know, the, uh, yeah, buildings but, uh, meet me on the wastelands, homes. the ones behind the old houses, the ones left standing pre-war, the ones overshadowed by the yeah. monolith monstrosities, council call homes. So there it is right, right. there. Exactly. It's, yeah. So it's, it is like a, it's, it's a, um, all this time, I just thought it was a big metaphor until I, I read her <laughs> right. review of it. Her, her analysis of it's like, whoa, that is, that just blew me away. Yeah, um, this is just a, a literal song about something that happens. Yep, it is. This was great. It was really fun. Like I said, this was this is an album from my youth. But you know how it is. You you don't listen to him for a long time, you know. And then when you listen to him again yeah. with fresh ears, it's like, oh my god, you remember how great they were. And and then you sound like an old guy. You say, why aren't there bands? There there aren't bands like this anymore, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't um I I mean, there's a you know a zillion albums I could have picked for this uh, for this um. This, this appearance i hope to do it again sometime um but um but this was just one that you know when i think about the records that got me high like way back and you know when you're really you know it's, when you're at 18 records got you higher than they do when you're oh yeah it's now. true yeah we always say that yep that's true but it still holds up man it's it still holds up great yeah, right totally uh, it does yeah. Oh, yeah. There's. I. I had a lot of records from those days that don't hold up. So. Oh, right. I, yeah, I know. Right. It's true. <laughs> Especially '80s. Yeah. Yeah. Some. Some stuff from the '80s. Some do. Some do, and some don't. Oh, yeah. Um. So what's yeah. so Rory? Anything going on with you? I don't. I, I. I know literally nothing about you, Rory. All I know is you live in Oakland. So <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to plug anything? Yeah. I mean, well, let's see. I could. I. Well, I'll just tell you a little bit about my about myself and my. You know, I, I'm not a. a, a music biz guy but i'm heavily into music um but uh, in the 80s i used to do a uh, i was the editor of a, a magazine called bravier um which might be a couple people out there that might remember that magazine um that went i, I did that from about 84 to 87 oh, nice. and um and then and then uh, and you know got to you know interview lots of lots of cool bands and got lots of free records and 
you know, Isn't that great? guestless privileges and oh, that's great. oh yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, I mean, but I didn't pay the bills, so it, and of I course, just got burned it out. And never I, does. You know, it never does. <laughs> yeah, no, it never does. Um, and so that was kind of like the you know that that we folded that in 1987, and I really haven't been that involved with the music business except that I do uh, drive for this music festival. I drive artists around. Um, for the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival, um, which I've been doing for the last 10 years or so. No, really? Okay. Except for the last, not not counting the last two years because it didn't happen. Of course, happen. yeah, the last but, two years uh, were a bust. But when, yes, but when it did happen, I, I got to drive, uh, I get to drive all kinds of interesting and fun uh, musicians around. Well, now you're also now you're also part of the That Record Got Me High family, so you got another music-related thing you're part of, so that's good. Yeah, my day, my day job, I'm, you know, I, I really like my day job. I work for the state of California on uh, a... Um, we're you know trying to solve the climate issue here in California. Oh, well, that's important, but that sounds really boring, so I don't want to yes. hear anything about that. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's stick to music. Let's stick to music. Um, uh, well, I was just going to say, I was going to say, what, what's not boring is that we're, uh, you know, we, we are uh, really emphasizing building decarbonization, okay. uh, which is to say that we're trying to get people to get off of their natural gas appliances and into electrical appliances. And there's this really cool website called theswitcheson.org if you're in California. They're, uh, they're great uh, incentives. Uh, Theswitchison.org. Okay, I like that. No, yes. you're right. That is, it's super important. I just, man, I didn't mean to say it was important. Like, you know, well, I feel like everybody on this show plugs something. So, you know, <laughs> no, you might. No, that, that's great. Um, well, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on. This was great. It was a great record, and uh, I appreciate you doing your homework. Uh, don't forget, everyone, uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram and Facebook. It's at That Record Got Me High. Also, that Facebook group got me high. You're on there, right? You're a member of that, right? Of course. Of course. Of course and, and I'm a patron. Yes. Yes, that was my next thing. Yeah, you're a patron. You guys can become patrons. Go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. Uh, we do special patron uh, curated episodes. They're probably, by the time you're hearing this, there will be a, a new uh, patron curated episodes, but we do those every couple of months and they are a lot of fun. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Don't forget, guys, just uh, subscribe, whatever you listen to me, and then share it with your friends. Anyone you think, you know, someone old who you think uh, would be into this crap. Uh, I would really appreciate it. <laughs> Rory, it was great having you on. Thanks again. I'm, I think I'm fully rested. I'm not going to take any more weeks off, I promise, for a while at least. <laughs> uh, thanks again. We'll see you guys next week. I am out of here. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Not catching on, you're a fucking great crowd, look.